We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fucking ball. Gotta get some free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. This show is also brought to you by the Big Screen Sports Patreon group, the straw that stirs the drink of this podcast, and especially our producer, Big Chill Level patrons. That is Aaron Figueroa, Mike Schubert, Steve Rogers, Kevin Frost, Mike D, Ryan Yeager, Mike Dries, James Kowalewski, Chris Mykoski, and Andrew Teagle. I am struggling to get through that without a without taking a breath, which is great news. The support is always appreciated. And also, a person who supports me, someone who is, is one of my favorite co-collaborators on this podcast, someone who I'm thrilled is returning to talk about what I believe is a perfect movie tonight. It is my friend Alex McDaniel. Alex, welcome back. I'm so excited. Hello. I am I this has been the longest time coming, I think. Besides our Ted Lasso stuff, this is the thing that we I think we've talked about the most. I mean, that's just the case with all the people in my life. <laughs> like, the thing we've talked about the most with Alex is probably hot rod. So yes. Absolutely. It's hot rod. But Alex, for the win, all the content still. All the content. We are cranking it out. Yeah, we've got lots going on. Um, especially with NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl coming up. We've got Olympics coming up, but lots of great stuff going on there. We also have bet for the win and that whole staff. If you like sports or sports culture or sports betting, or you just want to hang out on a website, ours is a great one to hang out on. It's ftw.ushj.com. Everyone go check that out. And there will be more from Alex and someone from bet for the win here real soon in the month of February. If you join the Patreon, you would know that already. You would know what's going mm-hmm. on. But, uh, Alex, today we're we're talking about something that's special. We're talking about Hot Rod, the 2007 stuntman comedy. Had to, I, I assume, being a stuntman is like a sport. Uh, self-proclaimed yes. stuntman Rod Kimball is preparing for the jump of his life to clear 15 buses to raise money for his abusive stepfather Frank's life-saving heart operation. It is a Lonely <laughs> Island production, starred Andy Samberg, Isla Fisher, Ian McShane, and a bunch of the funniest people on earth. Was directed by Akiva Schaefer. Uh, it's got a 39% on Rotten Tomatoes, which, in my opinion, is a crime. 
Alex, this movie for you, did you did you see it in 07? Did you discover it later? When did this become an important part of your life? So the origin story of how I saw this movie is almost like as strong as just everything I love about it. Summer of 2011, let me paint the picture. I, <laughs> I had just gotten out of an engagement. I had broken off an engagement for the better. This isn't a tragic story. And I mean, I was in grad school. I rebounded very hard with a NASCAR driver. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no, but he's great. And we're still good friends to this day. Um, we went to school together. He's now a team owner, but um, he we had dated that summer just kind of on and off. His name is Tommy Joe Martins, by the way. You can follow him on Twitter. He's going to be really mad that I described him in this way, that I just rebounded with an NASCAR driver. Regardless, um, one night we were hanging out and he's like, have you ever seen Hot Rod? And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. And he's like, it's really funny. It fits with your sense of humor. And he knew me well enough by then. And we watched it and I just, I was cackling the whole time. Like I was just sitting there laughing, crying, tears rolling down my, my face. Cause it was the, like this subversive humor that I think our generation is defined by when it comes to comedy. And I talk about this a lot and just how like a lot of us grew up as children, like in what I call the Conan generation of our parents and even our older siblings were really into like Leno and Letterman. Right. And they were great. Don't get me wrong. But we would like stay up later to watch Conan and it was the silly, subversive, surreal kind of humor. And that's what we fell into. And it was reflected in who was on SNL and who was on all these funny movies. And that's what happened with Lonely Island and what happened with this movie. So yes, a NASCAR driver <laughs> made me watch this movie. <laughs> this movie, when you look back at it, it's in such it's at such an incredible time for comedy too, because yes. YouTube is just taking off. And with that is the lonely Island. This, yep. this comedy trio is j just in the ascent of what they're, I mean, these guys are at the forefront of comedy for really the 15 years post YouTube, like right yes. after lazy Sunday takes off, they're suddenly in our heads for, you know, hopefully forever, frankly. Yes. And we love them. this catches them. And like, 10 of the funniest people on earth at all at the same time, all no one in this movie I would think is at, I would say is at the peak of their fame, except for like, you would say like Ian McShane and Sissy Spacek are, you know, it's, it's great to bring them in and it's hysterical that they're in this movie, but I like know. everyone of the, the everyone who's, I guess, young in the movie, not everyone besides Sissy Spacek and Ian McShane are on the come up and it's like this incredible wealth of talent stuffed into this like fucking ridiculous comedy that I think works ever. I think every single scene works. Absolutely. And I think what's funny is like, I do remember when the movie came out, I didn't, I don't know why I didn't see it because I was still, you know, that was right after that few years where we had like Anchorman and Wedding Crashers and Dodgeball and 40 year old virgin and all those great movies. Well, like Isla Fisher was the big draw for this movie. Like she was the one they were putting on the posters. She was the one doing the press tours because she had had this huge hit with Wedding Crashers. And so it's funny to think about that now because I know like she's still working. Of course, I'm not bashing Isla Fisher, but at the time, like these guys were the SNL digital short guys. Like they had been on SNL. They had a huge hit with um, Lazy Sunday. They were considered like YouTube comedy not because their comedy only worked online, but because we all know YouTube was the great equalizer for a lot of people who like 
the gatekeepers of the industry would normally keep guys like that out. They found a way to break in doing that. So yeah, I mean, those guys, like, unless you were just an SNL fan and you loved them, you weren't just clamoring to go see an Andy Samberg movie. Nobody even knew who that was. Bill Hader, Danny McBride, none of them, you know, but Isla Fisher and SpaceX and, um, you know, McShane, like they were all the biggest draws. It's interesting that if this one has this, it's beloved, it has this cult following that it's this hot rod is going to last. It's going to endure forever. Like we're going to show it to our kids, um, <laughs> you know, friend of the program, past guest Spencer Hall was, was tweeting about it like just today. But if it comes out now, like if nothing changed, if they just did this, if they put out the same movie now, if like it dropped on Netflix tomorrow, it would be massive. Everyone would be watching it. Everyone would be talking about it because of the star power of of all these guys. I mean, like Andy Samberg's starred in a, in a network comedy show for years. Um, Palm yes. Springs was the first big movie of the pandemic. Like that dropped that and was. that was huge. Everyone saw that. Righteous Gemstones season two just dropped with Janie McBride. Bill Hader's won an Emmy now. Like if this movie dropped right now and they didn't change anything about it, I think it'd be just as beloved and even more widely seen. Yeah, I agree with that. I can't imagine it dropping now just because like none of those guys are young anymore, but that actually might make it funnier. Um, but it's fun to look back on now for sure. Cause you're just like, these guys were coming up and that was the same. Oh, you'll know it. I'm, I'm terrible with remembering things. If I don't have my notes in front of me, that was the same summer that that big comedy came out. I feel like such an idiot. It had Jonah Hill and Pineapple oh, Express. Like, no, no it, oh. it was the um, super was bad. hot. Yes. Super bad. It super was bad. a super bad summer. And that was part of why, like it didn't, I mean, this is a movie that operated on a $24 million budget, which is very small. And it only cleared like 15 million in the box office. And what's funny is like to this day, yes, it has a 39% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but when it came out, like Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars. He was charmed by it. What a king. I know. <laughs> he was like, this is just, it's a effort. I don't want to misquote him, but to paraphrase, he was like, it's just silly and charming and there's goodness about it. And I think like, to me, I always think about that when I'm telling people like, it's not just a shitty movie. I want you to see Roger Ebert. Like, <laughs> so there's gotta be something there. It really is. It's not, I think, cause I mean, a lot of this movie is just random bits that they pull together, but it is charming and sweet. And you, you really love these characters. There's a movie that is kind of similar in the same idea of we're going to do something off the beaten path and zany. I don't know if you've ever seen Strange Wilderness with Steve Zahn and Jonah Hill. I haven't seen it, but I've heard much about it. I, need I to love see it. I love it. And it's like, let's take a bunch of funny people and let's and let's do something. And it, it like off the beaten path. And that works, but not quite as well as this. The cast isn't quite as loaded and it just doesn't have that funny, sweet charm like this is. It's different. There's a lot of comedies, especially in that that 2000 to 2010 decade, kind of like when the the R-rated comedy or the, you know, that whole thing kind of came back. There's a lot of stuff that gets thrown against the wall in that decade, and I think this one sticks better than anything. I mean, I throw it to you: Hall of Fame All Star Starter or Bench Warmer Sports Movie? <laughs> For me, it's Hall of Fame, 100. percent This is like if I'm on a deserted island and I get three movies for the rest of my life. If I get two movies for the rest of my life, Hot Rod's gonna be one of them. It's absolutely Hall of Fame. And it's one for me, like I still laugh out loud. I don't laugh out loud a lot when I watch movies, especially by myself. And I mm -hmm. ended up watching most of this by myself when I did my rewatch and I still laughed out loud a million times. I know it's just, it's great. And it doesn't matter how many times you watch it, even if you know what's coming up. And I do at this point, I could probably recite the entire movie. I still laugh because delivery is so good and the timing is so good. And I think it's just, 
so underrated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, I'm going to do a couple of the IMDb trivia points. This is, I, okay. I say this sometimes on episodes, like they're, they're good IMDb trivia sections to read. This one is absolutely, I think there's 45 entries and a lot <laughs> of them are, are really, really funny. Like this one, I just, I didn't write this down, but the, uh, did you read the one about the the stunt doubles for Andy Samberg had to get prosthetic noses and Yorma and Akiva had them be extra big to make to yes. as a prank on Andy Samberg? Yes. The whole stunt double trivia in general is incredible. Yeah. I think. I'm gonna let you continue though, because I don't want to like spoil it. Well, the the one the first one I wrote down was during the filming of the opening scene where Rod attempts jumping over the bus. A stuntman playing Rod actually broke his leg. Yeah, which, shattered it. Yeah, that was it. And that was his only thing on the movie. Like he did that and he was done. <laughs> but he can like he can he can show his kids that forever. Like he can show his family because it's I mean, two seconds into the movie, like there you go. And it's it's a perfect. Yeah. Opening. The problem is like it's funny when you assume it's a it looks like a rag doll. Like that's how hard because it just smashes. Right. And to the point you're like, that's clearly a dummy. That's not a that's not a person. And then when you learn someone actually shattered their legs just to do that. And then they were like, did you get the shot? <laughs> yeah, man, we got the shot. Thanks. It's wonderful. Still funny. Still funny. Uh, Rod tumbles down the hill for 45 seconds. This, and then the scene where they're like singing to the bell around the pool. This movie masters the, it just, it gets like uncomfortable. It gets weird. And then let's push past it a little bit and keep getting those laughs. Like the, the fall down the hill gets me every single time. Yes. Oh, the, I just, so I was just, well, I didn't have time to watch the whole movie, but I was like just going through it to get some, you know, make it fresh in my mind. Cause I can't remember the last time I watched it. And my son was nearby and it got to that point, that scene where he's falling down. I was like, Jack, come here. <laughs> like You've got to watch this movie. And I, and of course his first thing is like, yeah, I've watched this with you before like many, many times. Like, yeah. But it's still funny. And that's one that like never stops being funny. They really push, like you said, the limits of what's comfortable and what's cringeworthy and but it's it's just funny the whole time and then the thing you just referenced around the pool when they're matching the bell that was totally improvised that was not in the script at all I'm like bing <laughs> it's so funny i love it this movie it's might so be on the mount rushmore of sets i wish i could have just hung around on i can't even imagine stuff. it's a shame we don't have access to like outtakes and bloopers and deleted scenes it really sucks the b-roll on this one i would I don't know what's in my wallet right now, but I would dump it if I just got all the B-roll <laughs> footage and all the random, the stuff they tried. Like uh, a Froyo punch card. <laughs> you can have it. It's yours. Would love it. Would love it. Um, I'm going to kick it to you on this one. Uh, this this bit of trivia originally intended as a vehicle for Will Ferrell. He received, he received an EP credit. Lonely Island rewrote the script because it couldn't be read without Ferrell in mind. You have read this script. Yes, I have. I have. You can find it pretty easily, which I can just send you the link and we can like share it on the Patreon or whatever. Um, but it's, yeah. So Pam Brady, who was a South Park writer, she wrote this movie. In fact, she's still the only one credited on the actual movie, even though she really had very little to do with the script that we know um, or the movie that we know. So it started as a Will Ferrell vehicle. This was around the time like he was doing old school and elf and anchorman. And so he was like big and taking off and it just kind of didn't work out. And Lonely Island, particularly Andy Samberg had, they kind of reached this very quick fame on SNL with uh, lazy Sunday. So Lauren wanted to give them a shot at something. And they went back to that script 
They're like, can we repurpose it? Paramount, let them do that. The problem was if you write something with Will Ferrell in mind, nobody else can play that. No one else can do it without seeming like they're trying to impersonate Will Ferrell. And so um, Lonely Island, they were like, okay, let's rewrite it. Let's rewrite it for us. Let's change up the humor, blah, blah, blah. Now, when you hear that, you think, okay, so it's basically the same script. You just change Rod's character. No, it's an entirely different story. Rod is a school bus driver. Um, He's like Denise is not even on his radar for somebody that he likes until the end of the movie. I mean, she works, I think she works like in the bus depot. She works for the school. It's there's a whole like Japanese video distribution company that gets involved. Rod falls in love with a girl playing French horn in the forest. It's bonkers. It's a totally different movie. Very few things in there actually follow what it ends up being. But even though they wrote it, they kept Brady's writing credit, which I think is pretty cool. So yeah, if you read that script, you will not recognize it at all, but I think it all worked out for the best. And it's crazy that they just kind of shaped this up and did it in two months kind of preceding uh, an SNL season. Like they, like you said, lazy Sunday takes off. They have to do this rewrite. They cram it together. And fortunately for them, all their best friends in comedy are all really funny. Like yep. Bill Hader, Bill Hader works down the hall. You can grab him. Like you can grab Danny McBride. It's the, the cast and, and when they got them is, is insane. And like Will Ferrell really, he, he probably would have overpowered the movie, especially if it was, if it was similar, it is, it would have been all about Will Ferrell. Um, yes. Especially with, it, I would imagine if Will Ferrell does the project, the cast is probably a little bit different. You get some more at the time heavy hitters, like a, you know, you throw out like the Anchorman, like you get like a Paul Rudd or a John C. Riley or someone, someone of that nature, someone whose star kind of compares. Because if he had done that, like you said, like uh, you know, they they hadn't really been promoting it based on the the current cast, and suddenly it's this big Will Ferrell production. It's I. I kind of the thing I like about it is that it is it is all just these guys kind of all on very level footing as this this movie was filmed. And still, I would say now they they've certainly ascended. They're at a different level, but I feel like they're all still at the same level. There's no one you really point to in this movie. And it's like, oh, it's it's not working out for that guy as much. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think like they've all made their own way in their own way. So whether it's TV or HBO series or, you know, movies or anything else. I think they've all kind of risen um, very equally and Lonely Island as a production team in general. I know I'm getting ahead of myself here when we talk about like Lonely Island projects, but I mean, they're everywhere, you know, there's, there's no, I don't think there is any show, modern show that I watch today other than Ted Lasso, which wait, I could be wrong about that. Are they producers on Ted Lasso? I know Lonely Island are producers on most of the shows I love. So like, I'm sorry, they're producers on that show. I'm sorry, which got canceled, unfortunately. Um, There's another one I love and they always show up as EPs, even though they have nothing to do with like casting in the show or anything. And so I think that says a lot. They've just got the juice to get whatever they want made at this point, which is awesome when guys like that have the ability to um, to one spread it around and support people that they believe in and, and find it funny. Cause typically with guys with, you know, with them and their talent and the success they've had, it kind of, it gives them a good eye for 
if they put their mark on something, it's probably something like you said that we're going to like. And then also just the stuff they do themselves um, that, you know, they were the Andy Samberg starred in Palm Springs. They, the, they produce Palm Springs, um, you know, like the when we talk about just their projects in general, is this your is this your favorite of of their projects that they also star in or like directly are involved in or I was kind of I was kind of loose <laughs> with defining that like because the the movie equivalent would really be pop star um is they're kind of but they have like there's the the bash brothers the bash brothers, bash brothers thing which is incredible um it, I would consider Palm Springs too which spoiler alert might be talking about Palm Springs soon winky winky <laughs> nudge nudge um I, yes, I would. My simple answer is yes, it's my favorite. I will say <laughs> I have a soft spot in my heart for MacGruber and I've been Love watching the new MacGruber. show. <laughs> I can't compare them though. I mean, they're the same kind of humor, arguably in, in a way. I, Hot Rod's not gross, you know, and I think MacGruber has some really like vile stuff, but like in a funny way. Um, and so, and I love Popstar, but I just think they all kind of stand on their own. You know, I don't really watch Popstar thinking, Oh, that's so much sharper than Hot Rod. Or this is—I don't watch MacGruber thinking, "Oh man, they should have done that." I just think it's all creative and fun. And I think they're really good at what they do. The cool thing about Hot Rod is that you can show it to kids. Like you yes. have to do the caveat of, "Hey, there are going to be some words said that you can't repeat at school, and there's going to yeah. be some stuff that goes over their head." But like, you can't show Pop Star to kids. You can't show MacGruber to kids. Cannot. <laughs> just think <laughs> the, about the, the cemetery scene. scene. <laughs> We were on the same page there. <laughs> you could not, you can't explain that away to a second grader. No, there's <laughs> like, just, there's, there's no way. There's no, no, I way. agree though. Hot Rod's good enough to where, yeah, it's still, it's PG-13. There's some language that you do have to explain. There's nothing in there that you have to necessarily fast forward through or, you know, be like, oh my God, they can't see this or they'll be traumatized. It's a matter of maybe you mute something or you're just like, don't say that word, you know, which and I think there's one great. thing kids love is watching someone crash. Yes. Kids still, I mean, kids love slapstick more than anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that adds to like just the silliness of the movie in general and why it's so appealing because it is, you know, I think a lot of what our generation comedically like is defined by, um, you know, even Andy, I believe said this when they were making the movie, he took inspiration from Wet Hot American Summer. I love what Hot American oh, Summer. Love it. I love the it, love what how, love the movie and then love the Netflix show they did as well. Yes, all the shows and all the everything they did, but it's all very silly. And I think that's kind of what our generation is defined by: is it's silly, but it can you can be intelligent and be silly, and you can show off really good timing and a really good understanding of what's funny and still be silly. It doesn't all have to be um, straight slapstick, and it doesn't have to be this highbrow intelligent humor. I can like I wrote a thing a few years ago and I hesitate even saying this because it's the kind of thing you say and you become the main character on Twitter and I really don't want to do that. I compared Hot Rod to Monty Python for many reasons. I'm not saying it's the same thing. Disclaimer. I do think it follows the same recipe of you can be you can show that you're an intelligent comedic mind and still be very silly. But I also think like people forget Monty Python, especially Monty Python and the Holy Grail, that was panned by critics. Nobody liked that movie in terms of like on a professional Hollywood kind of level. It was only until years later 
the people appreciated it. And it became like part of our canon of like, that's hilarious. And that's why we quote it. And it's like, bring out your dead and tis but a flesh wound. I mean, there's a reason why that's part of it. Laura Michaels, all credit goes to him. It's not the first time he did it. He signed off on this movie pretty much knowing it was going to fail. And his only hope was that future generations would pick it up as a cult classic and love it. And he said that he's like, I think that's going to be what 10 years down the line is going to be funny. And we need to do it now because we may not get to do it 10 years down the line. I mean, come on, for someone to have that much faith in you and a project that they're willing to say, I'm willing to be embarrassed by this because I know in like five, 10 years, it's going to be huge. That's huge. That's a big deal. Yeah, as it is that. now, I think every time that this goes on Netflix or goes on Prime or something like that, that it will it will pick up more steam and more more generate more fans and stuff like that. Like, I I think I discovered this in college. It's a perfect movie to watch in college with a bunch of other idiots. Like, it's just a, the classic yes. ninety minute thing to throw on. But let's let's go into best scenes. I you could argue that there's something in every single scene in this movie every single set piece that is funny and that's why i compiled a list of funniest bits for later in it but i i just <laughs> tried to i tried to just pick and choose the actual scenes that that were funny i i go to the opening scene that we talked about with him you know doing the jump <laughs> like like acting like a ragdoll and then puking i it's it's difficult to open a comedy it's like, what do you do? Yes. You have to, you, you have to make people laugh really quickly. Like you have to set the tone and this sets the tone for the movie in, in a ridiculous sense of, okay, this is what this character's all about. We're going to get a lot of these crashing and burning. He's a terrible stunt man. And you like the, the, the puke and then the cut to credits I thought is a great shock value. Oh, I know. It's such a wonderful, like cold open type way to do it, you know? Um, in like a PG-13 way. It's not exactly The Office. It's a little grosser, but I compare it to um, Kevin's Chili, you know, the Kevin's Chili. And I've been rewatching The Office, to be fair. So that's fresh on the brain. But it's the same thing where it's just like, oh my God, it's a disaster. And then just wonderful timing, cut right when it's supposed to. And then you, you know, go to this great song and everything. But it's hard to do a best scene in this movie. There are so many that I love. Cool Beans is always going to be one of my favorites. I think it's brilliant. They almost cut that scene actually because it was just a straight scene of them saying cool beans in a weird way to each other. And then Andy and Yorma, I think, yes, Andy and Yorma decided to edit it themselves and show Akiva and be like, look, I think this would be funny. And they're the ones who came up with this sort of like pseudo rap thing, the cool beans. It's really funny. And they added that back in. I think that's great. What do you think about the pool jump? When Denise, I... I love the character of Denise because Denise kind of keeps it grounded. She's the most yep. normal person in the movie. She's kind of like our mm -hmm. avatar. I also, if you're just looking at the character in a realistic sense, she's definitely never been treated well by any person she's ever dated ever. Which like, who among us? <laughs> <laughs> she's so relatable in that way. No, I love the pool jump scene. I love he goes straight down. Like it's not even a messy kind of jumps and then it sort of skitters about the water. No, he literally dives straight down in the water. I think it's great. Um, and that's also just a good thing because you, you meet the crew and you see like Danny McBride and Bill and that guy who's like, I want to be part of your crew. And he does the whole dance. Richardson. Thing. Yes. And it's, yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> and poor. And that's when we really get to see the sweetness of Rod. Cause obviously to this point, we see he's just kind of, you know, he's a guy who's like, he believes in himself. He wants to believe in himself, but deep down, he knows he's not good at what he does. That scene shows you that for the first time. He says, please, God, don't let me embarrass myself. He knows this is not going to go well. 
He's praying to his spirit animals, literally. Good luck. Don't worry, Denise. I've done this before. Like, I think that's what endears you to the movie in the first part. You're like, okay, he gets it. He's not just some, you know, if Will Ferrell had played that, I don't think you would have had the sweetness. You would have had an oblivious guy who thinks he's really great. Yeah. And would just write off all his failures as, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. It's your fault. It's your fault. Andy Samberg cannot play a guy like that. He's incapable. He's always going to be the sweetheart. So I love that. I think it's a good one. I think the montage of party gigs might be the hardest. I don't know if it's the best scene, but it's the hardest I've lapped him rot on fire while Bill Hader yes. is just eating. And is the just the whole montage when when he's doing the that he's locked in the in the water tank and McBride yes. has to shoot the lock. Like I was I mean I was downstairs by myself rolling around laughing. <laughs> it's so good. That's a great montage. And he's like getting beaten with a stick. And yeah, that's wonderful. I love anything with his stepdad. I love the pool scene is great. And what's a minor, a minor thing. Like my favorite lines are the ones that you almost don't hear. So when the pool scene starts, you see Danny McBride and Bill Hader standing in front of the pool. And it's one of those, if you're not paying attention, you'll miss it. But Bill says to Danny, pools are perfect for holding water. (laughs) And it kills me every time. I love it. It's just fantastic. I mean, I don't know. It's, um, I don't think there's one really that stands out. I, I also, Will Arnett deserves a lot of credit for this movie anyway, because I think he's a, he's a great character. He shot all of his scenes in I think three or four days. He had the stomach flu the entire time. Like he was sick the whole time. So every thing you see him in, you can almost see it on him where he just kind of looks a little exhausted, but I think it works for his character. So of course, like the babe, wait, babe, no. And then the whole part where they're in the restaurant and he's just playing Will Arnett because that's what he does best is playing himself. And he's like three flaming Dr. Peppers. <laughs> he sees his friend Sullivan. He's like, Sully. So it's just so good. I think, Holy I don't know. shit, is that Sullivan? Is that Sullivan? <laughs> it's just the Sully. most authentic bro dickhead thing ever. It's I know. perfect. And then of course, like he drives a Corvette. And later you see Rod doing push-ups. It's like, you know what car is really overrated? Corvette. <laughs> and what's his face? His brother is like, oh, like what so-and-so drives? Oh, does he had noticed? <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. We can't not mention the the acid, the the piece of metal in the in the side of the head of the Bill Hader's acid trip, which is one hater, it's it's funny. He's doing this little like the side gig thing, like you mentioned, the thing, the line about the pool eating during the party montage and then just randomly this thing of like, hey, man, will you drive me to the hospital? And then that whole car ride, a hater starting like 120 miles an hour. Everything he says just kills me. Hey, Rod, thanks a lot. Ah! Hey, buddy, how's it going? Dave, what happened to your eye? This? Yeah. Is it really noticeable? 
Yeah. Oh man, it's totally serendipitous. Um, well, I got off work early, and uh, you know my buddy Derek? Well, he was like, I've got this acid, but I can't do it. And I was all like, well, I'll do it. So I did it. And uh, by the time I got on my banana board, man, I was, I was tripping balls pretty hard, man. I know. What does he say about, and I should like have this written down, what, like your face looks like a mountain or something. It's really good. When he I can't what it is. the uh, when he says, "Man, we just ran over a small bus." <laughs> <laughs> Haters just wonderful in general. I was like, side note, I guess it was like a week and a half ago. I was not feeling great. I had COVID, so that probably had something to do with it. And I was kind of out of ideas for what to binge on TV because I kind of binged all my stuff. I watched all my movies, and I just YouTube. And I've done this before. It wasn't the first time. I just went on YouTube and looked up every time Hater breaks character on SNL. No, oh, it's and one found, of my favorites. <laughs> I found like a 30 minute clip and I just died. I watched it the whole time. He's so wonderful. I'm low key in love with him. I call him sneaky hot. Here's another thing that might get me hate on Twitter. But if you saw Trainwreck, and everyone should, if you haven't, he's sneaky hot. Like he's a hot guy. You just don't realize it until you see Trainwreck. So I love Bill Hader so, so much. He's wonderful. I will see anything he's in. He is absolutely perfect. Instead of picking a best scene in this movie, if you had to show, pick one scene from this movie to make someone laugh, like they, they're (laughs) like, I'm going to sell you on Hot Rod. I'm going to pick one scene. And I guess let's just eliminate the bus jump because I think it's the longest scene of the entire movie, like the last bus jump, um, that which is which is excellent. But anything else, I think every scene in this movie is like a max of uh, three minutes. It would either be, well, it depends on who I'm pitching it to. I I try to fit things to people's personalities. It would either be the open with the breaking of the legs because I just think that's so good. Or it would be Cool Beans because I think that's just really funny. Or it would be the the falling in the woods. Like, I think any of those, those are the ones that sold me on it. And so I think like, and those are better if you have no context, if you're telling it, like, if you're not really explaining it to someone, you're like, I want you to watch this movie. What's it about? Well, I don't want to tell you, but I'm going to show you <laughs> this, these two jokers saying cool beans at each other in like a pseudo rap montage. Then I think they could buy into it. I think I might go with when <laughs> Rod is, is at the top of that tower and I, I think it's Jorm and he says something to McBride and he blow it now. And he, and he blows it up. And the second he blows it up, he doesn't say anything. He just leaves. Yes. <laughs> and and then the guy telling Rod, he's a terrible stunt man. Yeah. And also, okay. The, the thing, the scene from the morning of the big jump, when they're all walking down the street, you know, and everyone's like looking <laughs> over it. I don't remember the song. Da, 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 da. Yeah, it's something, but it's really inspirational. <laughs> so yeah, I'd pick that one too. Love it. Uh, let's take a quick ad break and then get back with a, a barn burner of a category, our best quote. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so best quote in a movie like this is challenging. It's very challenging. I try to write down one to three. Like when we would do a Ted Lasso episode or do a movie or something, I'm like one to three because there's, I wrote down six and I could have written down 26. Is there like, do you go, because with this is like, it's it's typically a joke. Is there is there a line that, when I say what's the best quote in Hot Rod that you jump right to? It's it's a quote, but it's like, it's a series of quotes. It's when they, when they go to that house and Danny McBride loses his mind and he's like, I've been drinking green tea all goddamn day. That line has endured too. People still say that 15 years later. Oh, I know. And like, what does he say? I go to church every goddamn Sunday. You're about to bring the demons out of me. And then like, to me, the best part of that, for whatever reason, because this is how my brain works, is when he says, this is my hat now. This is so my hat. <laughs> this is so my hat. It's brilliant. That's it. That's my decision. Oh, oh I'm freaking pumped. I've been drinking green tea all goddamn day. Oh, oh. man, he hit his ass with a working oh. towel, man. Yeah. God, I go to church every goddamn Sunday. You gonna bring the demons out of me? There you go, you got him. Not with the trash can, buddy. No, 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 no. This is my hat now. This is totally my hat. He's so good. I have I have three I want to mention. Uh the first, I think it's the first line of the movie, or like first or second line of the movie is did we reinforce the takeoff ramp? No, we didn't have time. That sets the tone for the entire movie. Like that, that's this movie to a T. It really does. And I love um I love that. I also love any scene with the stepdad when he's like, that's why you never sneak up on a man who's been in a chemical fire. I think that's brilliant. I uh, love Chris Parnell's whole thing at the end. Oh, all, all his, all his am ready, but Chris Parnell is what a treasure. So good. So From again, this Tennessee, again, they need like, they need someone to be the AM radio host at the end of this movie. Let's call our friend, Chris Parnell. Who's one of the funniest people on the planet and the perfect AM radio host, by the way. Perfect. Like he's totally believable. And his whole montage about like the, the tattoo and the, Oh my God. What a great, what a great scene. What a great Will guy. Arnett has one, pretty much everything Will Arnett says, but when he's going in the gas station, says, maybe I'll get a box of dong bags so we can knock, <laughs> so we can knock <laughs> boots later. What do you think? I also love, that reminded me of um, Bill Hader. I think it's toward the beginning when he comes, they're at that little, um, I don't know what you call it. A little snack stand, I guess, where they go up to the window, get their burgers and stuff. And when he comes out, he's like, you guys, the bathroom in here is nuts. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. 
it's great. I know. I just, I can't choose one. I really can't because I, I think that's probably part of why I love the movie so much is I think the writing's so good. Yeah. Parnell with the, if the boner police are here, I demand a lawyer. It's just, <laughs> so wonderful and you know sissy spacek even though she doesn't have like these zingers that's what makes it so funny is she plays this character totally straight and how they got her i don't know i feel like i knew it at one point my gut is telling me that like she it was a favor to lorne and i think that might be correct but i could be wrong about that so i don't want to go on the record as saying that but here we are um the fact that like she's not funny at all that the whole time <laughs> what was the line where she's like or like they find out about his heart condition. He's like, you didn't tell Kevin. <laughs> oh no, Kevin knew. <laughs> How long has he had this for 25 years? <laughs> like, she's so good. And it's Sissy Spacek. I don't, it's another one that I don't know. If you don't have all the pieces where they are in this movie and the people who are playing the roles, it, I just think you have a totally different movie. I'm not saying it wouldn't be as funny if you didn't have just some like nondescript actor playing her role. But I do think like her and Ian playing it the way they did just adds so much charm to it. Yeah, well, it's it's incredible that in a movie like this that you cast two legendary actors who've been doing it for 30 plus years and they're, yes. they're doing these roles. It's it's always fun when when you just think of these, when, when you watch a movie and it's, it's an actor that you have this kind of history with and you're consciously aware of this is a serious thespian that is just deciding like, I'm going to cut loose and I'm going to have some fun in this ridiculous movie about a stunt man and I'm going to yes. have a great time. And Ian McShane looks like he's having the best fucking time of his life. I know. Yeah. And I mean, like she's Loretta Lynn. I mean, she's done so much great stuff. So it makes you, I don't know. I think just the novelty of having her, I think, um, that plus Will Arnett, God bless him. Again, he wasn't, I mean, he was known at the time, like Arrested Development had just started taking off. And so he was like known among circles, but he wasn't known, known. He's another one that like just brings so much to it um, in terms of clout. But at the time, none of them had clout. We just, they were just good. And I think that's a great thing. I struggle to find something as the most authentic for this movie, just because like, that's what not not what this movie is striving to do. But Will Arnett seeing his buddy being Will Arnett being a bro dickhead and having the bro dickhead moment of seeing his buddy at the bar and just being <laughs> loud and swearing and saying something like saying something obscene about Sullivan, you showed I owe you a shot in the nuts. And then like, oh, babe, I got to say hi to Sully. Like, like this guy, like is just the best person in the world. I got to I got to say hi to him. And he's just another one of his dickhead friends. That was like, I'm not going to say I haven't done that before. I've absolutely done that before. Like, it was just the broiest, most, like, I've seen that move a thousand times. So, how's your mom holding up, Rod? Oh, um, pretty good, I guess. I mean, sometimes I think she's really sad. Holy shit, is that Sullivan? Sully? Bro, no way! No way, Sully. Babe, I gotta say what up to Sullivan. Okay. Sweet. Hey, don't you two go falling in love while I'm gone. <laughs> Oh yeah. And I think when it comes to authenticity, I'm not so much thinking about a specific scene, but I am thinking about this. It would be sort of easy. I think if they had made this movie in a way where Rod and his crew didn't necessarily stand out, 
in their community, almost like Napoleon Dynamite, where everybody was kind of weird. Everybody's kind of dorky. So nobody stood out for being who they were. They were very careful to like put them in a vacuum compared to the rest of the town where it was like, it was like, what are you doing? Like, clearly you're not good at this. And I think to me, that's what I love the most about it because during that time, especially 2006, 2007, really the early aughts, early to mid aughts in general, we really, you know, it was like our generation was coming of age. We were in college or young adults, nerdy comedy really took over and just being like nerd culture in general really took over as being something cool. And so, but you don't have that in this movie. You have this group of people clearly being made fun of, but they band together and they stand behind Rod because that's their guy. They know he's not good. They know he's probably going to fail, but it's just like sports. You stick to your guy, right? You stick to your team and you stick to who you love. And to me, that's the most authentic part about it. It could be totally different if they had made it to where the whole town was like, hey, Rod, can't wait to see your next jump. No, they thought he was a joke. Yeah, is the you know? the scene with the the, the movie showing, like yes. that, that lets us all in. And oh, the whole town thinks they're a bunch of weirdos and losers too. Yes, and that's the most authentic part because it's true. That's what would happen. Whereas, but I think that's part of the beauty of it is like they show, of course, how they convince everyone that Rod deserves to be supported and he made the jump and great. That's what we want in those stories. But I did like that. I like that they didn't make everybody kind of in on the joke. I think that was important. Yeah. I mean, something else that's darkly authentic is the American healthcare system being unaffordable. And as Chris Parnell says, Frank's conveniently priced surgery, but like (laughs) having to, having to raise funds for a procedure is as American as apple pie at this point. Which is funny because the film was shot in Canada, you know, the irony, but I didn't write anything down for least authentic. Like I'm not, I mean, I mean, frankly, the least authentic part of this movie is Denise being wanting to date Rod. Denise is an, truth. Denise is, Denise is the hottest woman in that town. And yeah. one should leave. And two would, would not date Rod. I don't know about that though, because just as a woman who's historically dated some pretty terrible people, when you've been that beaten down to where Will Arnett, like that character is the best you can do and you've convinced yourself because they've convinced you that you are not worth anything above that. I don't know. You go for Rod. I'm not saying I've done it, but I've done it. I've gone for people who maybe weren't a great match or whatever because the guy I dated before was so shitty that the bar was on the ground. So if the bar is just like one inch off the ground, that's still really shitty, but it's still one inch, right? I don't know. That might be more authentic than we think, Kyle. Rod is Rod is a sweetheart. But Bes- yes. besides, you look pretty. What? I said you look shitty. You look shitty to me. Bye. <laughs> it's so good. Oh my God. It's so good. Ah, what a movie. I'm gonna have to like rewatch it when we get done. I know. I might I might throw it on. Yes. I I rolled what worked into just a list of funniest bits I love, but I, I did want to talk about two points of what worked, what was flawless to me, in in my opinion, is the, the plot. And I wonder how many times, especially because they did this rewrite of amateur stuntman needs to, you know, needs to perform a big jump, jump so he can kick his stepdad's ass. Yes. That plot would have, it would have made, it would have been funny in some form or fashion regardless. Like that is a great 2000 screwball comedy plot. Yes, like I'm going to get you better so I can kick your ass. It's incredible. 
Yeah, it's I it's so that. good. It's so good. And then I already touched on this, but all the comedic geniuses making a movie together in two months. Like the list of funny people that they got for this movie. Like with who was in their class at that point? Like you mentioned Superbad came out at the same time, but if they would have found mm-hmm. a way to rope in, you know, Jonah Hill, uh, you know, I mean, Bill Hader's in Superbad too. If they would have found a way to loop in Seth Rogen in this movie, Seth Rogen arguably potentially too famous to be in this movie at that point. Cause I think knocked up has come out by then. And that's how he kind of gets super bad made. Yeah. He was on the rise. Tell you what, Jason Sudeikis, like they were all in that class together. That's uh, now Kristen Wiig. She yeah. was there too. Um, all of them came up together. I saw a tweet the other day that was like, can you believe how stacked this cast was? And I want to say it was the cast from 2007 because it was, it was hater and Sudeikis and Seth Meyers and Kristen Meyer Wick Rudolph is still there, I think. Meyer Rudolph, yeah. Um, Polar was still there, as far as I know. I can't remember when she left. But, um, I mean, yeah, it was a completely stacked cast. And, like, Sudeikis was doing his own stuff, too. There was that terrible movie that we should totally review. I can't remember what it's called. So they all go to the Hamptons. And, anyway. Um, is, that, but... is that Hall Pass? No, I don't That's... think so. It's like... It's something about an orgy. I think orgy might be in the title. Yeah, I or think in... I skipped that one. <laughs> it's, I watched the first 20 minutes and I was like, Jason, I love you, but we're not going down this route. So we, we got plenty of that. good Jason content to tide us over. So We do, we do. I want to run through just the funniest, the all the bits <laughs> I wrote down that just like... There wasn't a category for him, so I just want to write down. Uh, you already mentioned Richardson wanting to join the crew, the weird dancing, and then they they yes. bring it back when he's throwing the flyers for the jump. Yeah. Richardson's great. I love him. I think he's so great. <laughs> like, the whole dance in the pool. I just love what he <laughs> Oh, don't I? Because Hater, Hater's the one, right? Or was it McBride? Who's like, you don't do anything. <laughs> you can't be on our crew. Oh, don't I? <laughs> he starts dancing. Love that. I love him in general. Um, the montage. I, I can't remember what his name is. I should have written it down. The, some... the side hustle montage when they're trying to raise the money. Yes. So yeah. that one. When Oh, no. When Rod is talking about what they have to do to prepare for the jump. Oh, when, yes. When the homeless man randomly takes his place mid montage. It's just yes. it's so. And, and he shifts what he's talking about. Of Like, we're going to need cans and we're going to need. <laughs> It's so good. And someone, I think it's Rod, who's like, and there's enough left for everybody gets a $9 per diem. <laughs> what does Danny McBride say? Like, that's what I'm talking about. So good. Uh, Richardson's great. name is Chester Tam. I don't think I've seen him in anything else. Well, we should, because he's clearly very talented. We Bring him on the should. pod. Uh, Danny McBride's dream about wizards. Where <laughs> <laughs> fighting you know a thousand wizards. <laughs> Do you know? I don't know if haters breaking there, but do you know he, he is breaking? He he's is putting, breaking yeah. with, with the beer. He's like he puts the beer up because his eyes are kind of darting around. And I I just watched that before we started this, and I was like, you can't like fully tell, but I feel like he is kind of grumpy today, dude. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night, just having those dreams again. Mm-hmm. You know how it's just me in a castle. I got to fight like a thousand wizards. The only way to beat them is to punch them as hard as I can in their faces. Then I'm done. All their little wizard wives came out, wanted me just to have sex with them, which is kind of weird. Something that that has also endured for 15 years, you still hear people do this, is the whiskey and saying what weird. Yes. And okay, so I actually got in a small argument with somebody about this last year 
because I guess I made that joke or I made that reference and they're like, oh, family guy. And I'm like, yeah, I know there's the episode with family guy where they did that, but I'm referencing hot rod. And they made this big thing about how family guy did it first and hot rod stole from them. And I'm like, I don't think either of them were the first people on earth to make an H sound with a W first of all. But yes, it's really, good. I love whiskey and what, what way it's very good. Uh, when Rod is getting oiled up by that random old man. <laughs> God, I'm really glad I didn't watch the whole movie before we got here. Cause you're just reminding me of things I need to go back and watch. I yes. like, I tried to be very particular with what I wrote down. I legitimately, I felt like I could have written down every single, there's something in everything. I love um, when Rod is going, he's on his way to the double date. And what's the song he sings? He's like, when you're going on a date and you put on a shirt and you wear your shirt to the date. <laughs> it's like the dumbest song. And there's another one, either he does or his brother does. That's kind of very similar. And oh God, very good. And they just like, they're all friends. So a lot of these are probably just like inside bits with themselves where they're just trying to make each other laugh, but I love them. And I'm sure they could have made this movie. I think it clocks in at 88 minutes. I'm sure they had enough footage to go over the hundred minute mark or, you know, whatever. I'm sure they threw in a lot of bits, but it's so tight and moves so well. There's nothing, nothing stood out as they're like them making a deliberate action of like, we're trying to get a laugh right here. And it just falls flat. I don't think that happened to me once in the movie. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think it's just one of those movies too. That's just so silly the whole time that even if they're going for it, you wouldn't notice it because again, they're not trying to play it straight until they drop a punchline. The entire movie is the punchline. Very similar to what hot American summer where everything is a joke and everything is a bit. So yeah, I agree with that. I think they could have gone longer. It's like I said, I, and I don't know. I don't have the DVD. There might be a bunch of great extras. I just know I want to see bloopers and they need to make that happen. It's the 15th anniversary of this movie. Let's make it happen. I would love for it to happen. It's just whenever <laughs> they need some filler, they can think like, hey, let's cut to Danny McBride and Will and, and Bill Hader talking about Danny McBride's dream about wizards. Like they have- <laughs> Like they have filler from a comedic genius just for like 30 seconds about fighting a thousand wizards. And even then their, their wizard wives want me to have sex with them. <laughs> Which Danny McBride was like the ultimate newcomer on that film. At least the others had some SNL clout. The only thing he had done at that point significantly was um, Foot Fist Way, right? Yeah, Fist he, he does that. And then he's in this. And then because I saw Pineapple Express before I saw this. And Pineapple Express was the first time I saw Danny McBride. And I was like, it just who the fuck is this guy? Like, that I is a funny, that's the funniest person I've ever seen in my life. Which, like, shout out to Righteous Gemstones. They started out with a bang. It was wonderful. Yeah. And then uh, it, this time last year, this, this exact time last year, we were doing a rewatch of Eastbound and Down, where he, <sighs> I mean, <laughs> he had a character on HBO that eventually got a K Swiss commercial. Like, that's how he, he, he was he went from hot rod to a K-Swiss commercial based on a character he played in like four years. Yeah. Jason Sudeikis also plays a great character in Eastbound and Down, by the way. Oh Just yeah, like- Shane. Yes. And his twin brother. What and, was his and, twin brother's name? I can't remember, but the, remember. the the Shane, the I mean, spoiler alert, the Shane death scene always gets me. It's so funny. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> it's awful. So funny. Um, okay, I did not have I did not have anything that didn't work. Didn't write anything down. Don't care to harp on this movie for anything. Nope, it's perfect. It, it is what it is, and I think it's just one of those things that can live aside, live inside like a little snow globe. And you know, whenever you just want to shake it, you can. It brings you a lot of happiness. And you know, not that it's above criticism. I'm, there's a reason why it's got 39 percent of Rotten Tomatoes. But again, I think like any type of criticism and I'm not a critic for a reason because I like too much and I have a very eclectic taste and everything. But I think like you can't base everything on the same scale. Even if you break it down into genre, like it's easy to say, well, compare it to other comedies. Well, you can't do that either. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of like brilliant, smart Oscar worthy comedies that I love, but I can also get down with this the same way I can get down with, you know, really shitty rom-coms. I mean, that's just who I am as a person. <laughs> I don't think that makes me uncultured or bad. It just means you can like what you like. I'm not going around saying it deserved to get an Oscar though, of course, but I think for what it's supposed to be, it's a great movie. I might be way off base with this, but I feel like this movie is really black or white if you like it. Like, I don't think anyone's kind of like, yeah. meh, Hot Rod's okay. Like, I think this movie is either very much your shit and something you really love or you're <laughs> all the way out on it. I agree. I do think there are probably people out there who watch it. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I'm never going to watch it again, but it's fine. But I think that means you're out on it. Like it either it's either good to you or it's not good to you. And it's fine if you don't like it. But if you do like it, it's something to be celebrated. Is it fine that you don't like it, though? I mean, look, is it the first question I ask on dates? Maybe. No, technically, the first question is, what do you think about Ted Lasso? That's not a lie. That is very true. I mean, that's um, a, that's one where it's a major red flag if they don't. Like it, it is. If they haven't seen it, that's fine. I'm like, OK, would you be willing to watch it? Because I need to know if we're like minded. But, you know, like I, I definitely have friends who do not care for Hot Rod. They're like, I love that you love it. I don't love it. But again, they're not in my face saying what a piece of shit movie you shouldn't have. You know what I mean? Like. It's it does well for staying in its lane. And I'm just a, like, you should like what you like, as long as you're not getting other people's faces about it, saying like, this is better than anything you like, or this is worse than anything I like, then it's fine. And mm-hmm. Hot Rod's a great movie for that. If you love it, you love it. The Kevin Costner and Freddie Prince Jr. Awards for best and worst on-screen athlete. I kind of just shaped this into who's the worst person at their respective job in the movie. So obviously we've got Rod, who's a stuntman. Uh, Danny McBride, I guess you would call him like explosives, technical support. Yeah. It seems to be in charge of the ramps in charge of the explosives. Um, Kevin is the, uh, or Tacone's character is, uh, video editing. Video you would guy, say yeah. hype man, uh, Bill Hader. I mean, he, he technically, he works at the ice cream, uh, the, the, the ice rink. I don't really know mm-hmm. what his job within the crew is. You don't usually see him doing anything. He's, I consider him to be more of like a manager, even though they don't say it. Like I consider him to be the guy who's supposed to be second in command, but I think Denise is the worst. Cause what does she do? <laughs> like, What's her whole thing other than just being there. Right. Moral she's support. Just, she, and yeah. arguably she's the best at her job because she's good with the moral support and everyone else is really bad with. That's true. Do. That's true. If that's her job, then she's great at it. Um, yeah, I guess you could say bill i mean the thing is like nobody's good at what they do they just do it and they have their little jobs and that's fine like even kevin it's not a great video <laughs> so i don't know maybe rod maybe i Rod's think the worst i think he could make a case for danny mcbride for rico because rod at least like 
if Rod has a capable team around, I feel like the, and listen, I'm, I'm not up to date on what makes a good stunt man. That is something that I, I guess I've just missed lessons on. Not entirely sure, but I feel like a lot of it is just, you need to have the bravery to go up that ramp. Yeah. I feel like if Rod had a better team behind him, uh, so, you know, someone to, someone to reinforce the ramps, someone to, uh, to not set off the explosives when he's standing, <laughs> when he's standing on a platform. True. Uh, I, I think Rod would have a little more success. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, the team in general is not great, but again, they support him and they believe in him for whatever reason. So we have to believe in them too. Yeah. We, you know, we, I, th- I think they need to believe in themselves a little bit too. <laughs> More importantly, do they believe in themselves? <laughs> oh, we can always tie it back. I love it. Always tie it back to that. Okay. The, this is a hotly contested category. Lenny Harris pinch hitter award for best supporting character. You could argue, I mean, you could say everyone besides Rod is a supporting character and you could make a legitimate argument. I, I think for eight characters in this movie as best supporting character. You can. So I'm going to say my favorite because I don't know if best. I don't know if I feel strongly enough about it for it to be best. But I think Frank, just every scene Frank is in where he just tears Ron down, which is so mean. I, but it's true. And he like tells him he's not a real man. And he's like, <laughs> there, there's a great part at the beginning. The first time that Rod comes down to the basement for them to fight. And Rod's like, what are these? And he's like, Rhodesian fighting sticks. And Rod goes, Rhodesian, of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally off topic. But I think everything Frank is in is just brilliant. So, but I agree. I mean, it's it's an ensemble cast. I mean, we know Rod is technically the star, but again, like it's the strength of the group. I wouldn't be as interested in that movie if they didn't have the full cast as it is. So they got Ian McShane legendary respected actor thespian mm-hmm. master of his craft <laughs> to hold up a painting of andy samberg getting fucked by a horse it's so ridiculous and i love it so much oh god it's great it's it's incredible i am very partial to mcbride in this one he is undefeated yeah. in every scene they let him go off like you mentioned that they've been drinking green tea all goddamn day in this one when he's <laughs> He kicks his ass with a parking cone. Like everything, the the thing about wizards, um, he's he's good. I mean, like Parnell is is just on a heater from the second he appears. I mean, like shout out Lazy Sunday for one. Um, but his his inflection, like you said, he's perfect AM radio host, and the way he's so He's so deadpan and serious with everything he says, but he's just got that like that inflection that every how how he enunciates things just kills me every single time. I know. Parnell's just great. He deserves everything he gets. He does a lot of um voiceover work and like animated series work. There's a show that Jack used to watch called Word Girl on PBS, and it was just a show about this girl who used the power of words and vocabulary. And he Chris Parnell played like her little monkey assistant. And it was very much um, like the Mulaney joke. Is that Dean Kane? <laughs> it's very much me sitting down and be like, is that Chris Parnell? What is happening? No, I think he's great. I mean, Bill Hader, I have a soft spot for him anyway. I love his asides. Like the pool scene again, after he says pools are just perfect for holding water. And Danny McBride says, I don't know how I feel about a girl being on the crew. Bill instantly is like, 
let me uh, open your mind for a second. And like, you just, I can't, I wish I could quote it, but it, the whole um, mini monologue he goes into about how, you know, if we don't embrace the future, meaning like women doing things, then we're doomed to repeat it. Like, it's very good. They're all very talented. His though. whole thing of being on acid in the car. Oh, I mean, it's to- <laughs> totally serendipitous. <laughs> the thing sticking out of his head. It's like hospital trash can. <laughs> all right. Awesome. awesome. When he when he gets in, what does he say? It's like, oh, you can notice it, huh? It's like, he's talking- <laughs> it's like you can tell. What it is. Oh, you see it. And then he's like, you got like a mountain for a face. Oh, man. Just a lot of brilliance in that movie before any of them probably knew the power they had individually, which is nice. It's always good to find that. It's a perfect, it's a perfect time to have it bottled up like that. Um, The big chill. This isn't that kind of movie to get the chills. (laughs) Uh, How to improve it. I've no one, no one touched this one. It's, it's great. The only thing to improve it is the bloopers. We want the bloopers because I think they're probably just outrageous and I want to see them. McGruber had bloopers, didn't it? I seem to, I haven't watched the movie in a while. Like cred- I, I think like credit stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, Will Forte is missing from this movie. We should say that. Oh yeah. He would have been, cause he, he would have been on the cast perfect. too. Perfect. Yeah. He's, he's, he's on that cast and he's not, he's not too big. Will Forte, like bless his heart is, I don't think ever gotten too big. Like he could fit into anything. And I mean that it's a total compliment, like his style oh, yeah. of comedy, what he does, like Will, Will Forte is undefeated. Absolutely. McGruber's good. The show. If you guys like McGruber, I haven't finished this season yet, but I'm like four episodes in. Have you See, watched it yet? I have not watched the show yet. The movie is again, so, the movie's perfect. So stupid. Yeah. The movie makes me, Seeing Val Kilmer and seeing how funny Val Kilmer is in it makes me just devastatingly sad now. But uh, he's he's a, Val Kilmer like sneaky sneaky good like that and uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, Val Kilmer had like a sneaky good two thousands. He did. He really did. Billy Zane kind of plays a version of that character. It's a different character, but it's like a version of him in the show. So. Is, uh, is Ryan that. is Ryan Philippi in it too? Yes, they're all back. The whole like Lawrence Fishburne is in it. He plays a pretty prominent role. I mean, it's I had my doubts, and I bring this up just because I compare Hot Rod to McGruber a lot. And we can the, kind of the, roll it into our last category too of prequel, sequel, or remake. I mean, yes, and so like when I had watched Hot Rod and I hadn't seen McGruber and for years, like my friends, people I would date. They're like, if you like Hot Rod, you would like McGruber. Well, they're very different movies. But again, Lonely Island Productions, they were right. I loved it. It's raunchy, much raunchier than Hot Rod. But it was made like 12 years ago or something. And so when they said they were coming out with a show, and I knew they'd want to do that for years, and they finally did, I'm like, there's no way this is funny. Everybody's older. It's not. They're not going to maintain the same thing. They absolutely have. I don't know how they did it, but they've maintained the same kind of style. So... McGruber is also a thing that it is either it's either for you or it is not your thing whatsoever. <laughs> well, yeah. See, I I did not care for the sketches at all. Was not into it on SNL. Like I'd watch it, but I didn't find them funny. I liked the movie, and now I like the show. So getting out depends. of the cable constraint, though, I think the freedom that the movie had to be vulgar and to do yes. to be violent, I think, really freed up what the sketch the sketch itself could not could not accomplish on SNL. I agree with that completely. So with that being said, for Before More Restore, <laughs> 
this whole cat I mean the the creators of this movie still work together all the time. Yeah. I mean they're they're still creative partners like we said earlier. Um everyone is still pretty relevant, like still working, still seems to be at the top of their game in some form or another. Like you know, I don't know if right now is the time like with the pandemic and how difficult it is to film stuff right now. Like, I don't think that they could just like, Hey, let's loop together and and do some hot rod content. But I don't, I don't think that this is, it's unrealistic to think that they could ever bring this back in some form or fashion. Yeah. I mean, I could see, I think it would have to change. I think it would either have to be Rod's son or, or daughter. Um, or him as like a stunt driver teacher, there would have to be something that shows some aging is there. Cause I mean, at this point, Sandberg's like 40, you know, I mean, which maybe that could be funny, you know, but I, I just don't see the whole crew back together at the age they are in the form they were in that movie. I could see them owning like a great company or being part of like a really fancy team, but still having the same humor. I don't know. I could see a sequel. I couldn't see a show. I don't think it's strong enough for a show, but I didn't think MacGruber would work either. So clearly I know nothing. I would just love to see the band back together in some form or fashion. And the, yes. the cool thing about the Lonely Island is we've seen that they're still very much willing to stick to their roots and go a little off the beaten path and just do something because they think it's funny. Like yeah. the the Bash Brothers thing. It's <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Like it's amazing. What a ridiculous idea. And like, hey, let's let's do that. Um, so it's, it's not, it's something to where if they thought they could actually do it and they thought it'd be funny and they got the guys on board. I don't see why they, I don't see why they wouldn't do it. There's really, especially now, like in 2007, they needed the green light from Lauren Michaels and they needed, you know, they needed some backing. Like they could not have, they could get this off the ground tomorrow if they really wanted to. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're their own superpower now. And it's like I said, so I don't know. Have you watched pen 15? No, I'm I'm the and they're like I'm the I think I'm the last person on that. I like that and Yellowstone. Nah. I think I'm the only person in the world who hasn't seen it. I have not seen Yellowstone. Pen fifteen is a like a lot of people I know haven't seen it. It's really going to appeal to you more if you were a young woman coming of age in the early two thousands. <laughs> so like you'd still find it funny. It's hilarious. But, like they produced that show. It's like I said, most of the funny obscure shows I like, they're just producing it. Like they're on it. And so I agree, like they obviously have the power. They don't have to depend on SNL. They don't have to depend on anything anymore. They've proven themselves in their own right. And who knows what they're going to do next. Did you you look at what Akiva Schaefer's directorial project that comes out this year is? Uh, No. It's an animated film that we'll be able to take our kids to. He is what directing is Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, starring Andy Samberg and John Mulaney <gasps> as Chip and Dale. I knew this. Okay. I knew that. I forgot that I knew that. I definitely knew about Samberg and Mulaney. And now Mulaney is a baby. So that's He really does. Mulaney, yes. Mulaney has a baby. Uh, <laughs> but um, yes. I think that's going to be so good. And I mean, they're older now and they have children. And it makes sense that they would try to include those projects as well. Because it's only you don't think about parents not being able to watch things until you have kids of your own. You're like, Oh no, <laughs> I have to wait until they go to bed or wait until they're at grandma's or it's like a free weekend. So I like when creative people have kids and realize you need to make something for all of us. Thank you. I'm 
I, we appreciate them and we appreciate them for this movie. I'm so glad that we finally, finally did this. I know. This Can't second. wait. Can't wait to record a lot more stuff real soon. If you want some details, maybe join the Patreon. Uh, Do it. Alex, where can the people find you? Um, everywhere, but mainly ftw.usatoday.com for the win. We have lots of content telling lots of stories, blah, blah, blah. And if you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, remember to subscribe to every gear podcast, rate and leave a review for an Apple podcast or Spotify. Uh, go check out the back catalog. Everything's evergreen. Me and Alex just wrapped up uh, Ted Lasso season one and two pretty recently. Go check that out. Big Screen Sports comes at you every Monday. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.